Did you have any weird dreams last night? I did, but they have gone with the... They have gone with the wind? I had gone with the wind. Yeah, it was all kind of uh, chaotic in my head, too. Weird. It's 8.24 a.m. Saturday, May the 4th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> Episode number uh, something. I, I feel like it's been a long time since we've done this. I know, but it hasn't been that long. We did I miss know. a week. We missed last Saturday, and you know, something things like that, they're just going to happen from time to time. Especially in this uh, time of life. I was, uh, I was otherwise involved. I had the honor and privilege of uh, picking up my mom's oldest friend, oldest remaining friend, Olive. Driving her down to Tacoma to my mom's house. We hung out there for a while. Then I escorted both Olive and my mom up to the Emerald Queen Casino, where the Tacoma General Hospital School of Nursing Alumni Luncheon was happening, and one of the banquet rooms out there. And uh, they both wanted to go, and so I was the I was the the guy. I was the chauffeur, and it was great. And then my sister came out and met me out there, and we had a long lunch together while Mom and Olive were at their uh, their alumni luncheon. And then I brought Mom and Olive back up to Seattle to Olive's house, where my mom stayed for a couple of nights with her friend. And then uh, I came home and loaded up the car, and we went uh, to the Cooth Buzzard, where I got to play a show with Cat Eggleston that very evening. And Mom and Olive were at the show. That was really incredible because Connie Decker was also at the show. Right, and Connie she Decker... She also a, was an alumni, yeah, and, she, and she had been at the luncheon, too. I know. I keep forgetting that Connie Decker was a, was a Tacoma General School of Nursing graduate several years after my mom and Olive. I think my mom and Olive graduated in the class of 1956, and I think Connie is from the class of 67 or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Dana Costello, who formerly Dana Higgins, uh, a friend from Fox Island, also went to the to the uh, Tacoma General Hospital School of Nursing. But I think she graduated in the '80s or something like that, or late '70s, or I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. I couldn't even remember a couple minutes ago why we didn't do a show last weekend. <laughs> I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. I had to check in with Diane. <laughs> Was uh, my external hard drive? Yeah, ham and eggs. <laughs> and uh, dig out that file so that I can even remember what happened. It's not okay. I didn't know I was your external hard drive. Well, after a fashion, that's <laughs> where I keep all the dusty old files that I don't think I'm going to need anymore. <laughs> Trouble is, those dusty old files are not as old as they used to be, and before they get relegated into the uh, the uh, External hard drive. <clears throat> so had, Diane and I have agreed that we'll, we will try to be each other's external hard drives for as long as we can manage it before all of those things just kind of are lost on the wind. You know? That's how we're going to proceed from this point forward. Yeah. I had the honor of meeting Olive earlier when you were also going to be um, taking your mom home. What was that? 
Well, I was. We had lunch over it. Yeah, we took. Place. We were taking. Yeah, because mom. Oh had, yeah, we. I went with you. Yeah, yeah, mom had come up to spend a couple of days with all of my sister had brought her up, and I was going to take her home. So you came with me, and we had lunch over at Olive's house, and then we drove mom back to. Town. She is a fascinating woman. She is an amazing woman. I yes. love her. She's she is quite amazing, and always has been. She is quite the firecracker. She is somebody that I remember from my earliest youth. And uh, and her husband, Bob, and their kids, Bill and Fritz and Tracy and Rick also, all stellar human beings and uh, quite accomplished in their own rights in their individual ways. Good people. So it was a pleasure to do that, but it didn't mean sacrificing the Bill and Diane show. But, you know... Life is just going to happen that way. So we just roll with it, people. We figure the, the, uh, the, the what is it, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds or something like that. Or imagining that you can be consistent, maybe, is also a kind of a, a story we tell ourselves that may not, in fact, be as true as we think. Wow. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Deeply philosophical here in just, <laughs> in just the first... You. Boy. Five minutes of the show. That's good coffee. Might be digging too deep too fast, you know. Oh well. It has been an incredibly wonderful week. It's been a hectic week here in like amphetamine. Let's get that in there before it's too late. Yeah, it has been an amazing week. Because first you had the, the well, it, I mean, that was kind of a little bit on the tag end of last, last week. Saturday. Last Saturday. So that was Saturday. actually, legally, that was part of last week, the show with Kat at the Cooth Buzzard, which was... Absolutely, I don't. You know, you just can't. I can't picture a, a night that would have been better. I know it yeah. was so magical, and at the end, there were different people who were coming up and saying, "This was such an incredible night. This was such a magical night," and I don't even know what made it that way. It just was. Yeah. Everything about it was wonderful. Well, I think for me personally, now this is the story about the inside of my head. Uh, the fact that I was busy all day helping out my mom and doing that kind of stuff, I didn't have time to to worry, <laughs> to go into my usual place of, of worry as to whether anybody at all was going to show up for the show. And, uh, bec- and I think it's because I didn't worry that the house was pretty full at the Cooth Buzzard. So. And full with interesting uh, arrivals. God. and Wonderful. Wonderful. It was such a incredible Great to night. see my friends Terry Meisenberg and Paris Meisenberg. Terry was my high school drama teacher. And uh, having, having been able to stay in contact with him over the years and to have him just kind of randomly showing up at my concerts is just, I don't know, every time I see those two walk in, it's just like, oh, going to be a good night. <laughs> going to be great. But there were all kinds of people. There Ron Hauser. Who I have known, you know, for six or seven years from the school bus driving, showed up. He keeps calling me. You know, he's given me an email address a couple of times so I can let him know where I'm playing, and the email address doesn't work or something like that. And so finally, I had a phone message from Ron. You know, he really likes my song called Stumptown, which I don't think I did that night. By the way, I meant to do that song because Ron was finally there. And then didn't, because, you know, that's how my brain works. And uh, so I had called him back and let him know about the show. I think I, what I need to do is I need to call Ron again, because I've got his number in my phone, and get his, his mailing address and just send him a thing. 
you know, when I do my little email yeah. things to people, I can just print one out and put it in an envelope and send it to Ron so that he has that information. Anyway, and then Alice came and brought Christy Fisher with her as a friend of ours from back in the Methow, or a friend of hers from back in the Methow Valley. Betsy came. Um, who else was there? And, you know, it was like I looked over at the area where you were sitting. You were sitting right there, and then Olive was next to you, or Mom and Olive were on either side of you and or something. And then right behind... Olive, your mom, and me. Okay. And then uh, behind you was sitting Alice and Christy and Betsy. And everybody was, like, singing on the songs and stuff like that. I know. Like singing. Wow. Oh, and then Kat did... Kat did uh, Green Grow the Rashes. Which I requested for Olive because yeah. Olive, Olive said that she used to... She is from Scotland, and... and she is Scottish Scottish heritage. heritage. I thought been, she... she has, has visited yeah, Scotland Scottish heritage. That's right. Yeah. And so she said that she used to hold Robert Burns Nights that your mom used to attend. And so I I uh, asked it. for a uh, request yeah. and asked Kat if she would do Green Grow the Rashes. I don't know what it is about that song, but it makes me weep. It makes me weep, too. It's not, it's not you know... It's not a sentimental not, song. not a sad, sentimental song. It's kind of a body ballad. <laughs> uh, but it just, it's just so pretty. And the way Kat does it is just so pretty. And there was this woman who was sitting next to me, Christine, I think was her name, who had the most marvelous voice. Oh, and yeah. she was singing, I can hear her. singing harmonies on yeah. everything. And she's saying harmonies on uh, Will You Come Away. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was, was great. But I think also the capping moment was when Kat sang How Can I Keep From Singing at yeah. the very end of the, the night. And I really did weep through that. Yeah. Yeah, there was something very uh, unified about that evening. It's like everybody was on the same page in the same book. And... Well, and Kat sang the, that song and invited everybody to join in, and everybody was singing that. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was Saturday night. That was Saturday. <laughs> and then on Wednesday, we went to go see Jim Page. Right, Jim at Page at the Orville, CMP. And Orville Johnson was there. I didn't know. I thought it was just going to be Jim, but then Orville Johnson was there too. And a bassist named Dune. Dune, Dune Butler is his name. And us playing an acoustic stand up bass. And it was just, it was amazing. It was an amazing, it was amazing. set of music. Yeah. And. So it was just fun to see Jim having so much fun, and he's writing great songs. I think he's working on another recording at, with Orville, and uh, I just think that's just fantastic, fantastic. And then on Thursday, on Thursday, got to uh, I have worked all day in my doctor's office for one thing. I've been doing some fill-in work there for them, and then jetted home, packed up the car. Came and got you, and we headed over to West Seattle, back to the CNP where we had been the night before, and got to do a concert with J.W. McClure, who is another of my all-time favorite local players. And man, he was ah, he was hot that night. It was happening. both of you were hot that it was, night. It was but, just a happening evening. But Ooh. I think that was my favorite time of seeing J.W. ever. Yeah, because I think he needs that kind of intimate right there kind of audience to pull off with that uh, amount of 
a plum. Yeah, just because... The, uh, the sorts of songs he does because And the his, stories he tells. Yeah, The stories, stories he tells, which I, I know that he crafts these things. Oh, I know he does. I've seen in his notebook, and the way he puts things together, not only the songs, but the stories are just these pieces of work that he continuously is working on. And the guy is just, com- I don't know, he is a completely unique everything. And the, the stories he tells and the songs he writes are so unique. And he is a spellbinder, man. He is completely engrossing because he there's always a great deal of humor and irony and stuff in his stories, but there's a poignancy to them, too, that, you know, it's like you get all of these things coming at you at the same time, and it creates a an emotional kind of reaction and response that is unlike any other response that I have to any other player or storyteller. So J.W. McClure, our hats and our toupees and, you know, most of our clothing are off to you. <laughs> and your amazing, amazing talent. And long may it continue because he's just, he's a machine, that guy. I don't know how he does That was an, a very special night, too. And when when we were coming home from that, especially because Tim came. Tim Swigert, yeah. My old and dear friend, Tim. And he was, <laughs> he, was he was hilarious from the because Yeah, because J.W. and I were trading back and forth, you know. So J.W. plays something, and I would just be floored by it. And I'd get up, and I'd say, I have no idea how to follow something like that. And Tim would say, do you know any J.W. McClure songs? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, as we were driving home, I was saying, man, we are living the life. Yeah, I keep having these moments where I think, well, I could probably die now. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute. Be careful what you think, though. Hopefully there's a couple more of those nights yet to come. I was telling uh, this person who I really like, uh, one of uh, the people who attends Bill's concerts frequently is named Tim as well. Yes. And I was talking to Tim who was sit- sitting next to me. Tim uh, Strand is his name. Oh, okay. His last name is Strand. Really nice man. Super nice guy. And friend of Steve Norris who also comes to the shows and is another super nice guy. And he was sitting next to me um, <coughs> before the show started at JW. He had also come to Cat's concert and had come up to me afterwards and said how magical it was. And I said, you know, I try so hard. I've been trying since the 1980s to get people to come out to events like this. And I just have limited... uh, (laughs) You can only do what you can do. Yeah, but I have limited uh, success at getting people out. I I have gotten people out, but it seems like the people who want to do this do it all the time. And the people who don't just don't know what they're missing or they just don't want to incorporate it into yeah, their it's, lives. It's not but. just the music. It's a certain kind of community feeling. That yeah, that's the thing that I that I love so much. And I, I was saying to you the other night that I feel like the Bill and Diane show is just this, just saying... You gotta come out and see these folks. This is amazing. <laughs> we talk, well, we talk about other stuff. Well, we do. Yeah, you know, but a lot there. of our our lives revolves around this. So. Yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty cool thing. So wherever you happen to be, 
out there in Bill and Diane show land, all six or seven of you, um, <laughs> go and see live local music and uh, be part of the, the interaction because, I mean, the thing that I'm finding more and more as I get older is that it, when I perform, it's like everybody's there to perform. It's like everybody's part of the band or part of the, of the program, you know. I love the fact that I can that it's somebody that I know can walk in and I can introduce them to pretty much everybody else in the room. I know. You know, because I've <laughs> I've gotten to know these people. Um, you know, I love it when there's people I don't know that are there. But it's also great to have developed relationships with audience members over 20 and 30 years so that it's, you know, it's old friends are just dropping by and well, they, they need a hit. They need a they need a little hit of that kind of community. When I was uh, running the door at the open mics in the 1980s. My whole thing was getting to know people's names when they walked in the door. And it was partially because I I just wanted to know the people who yeah. came. But uh, I, if they came more than once, you know, yeah. after after I seen them come a couple of times, I usually tried to get to know their names. And, yeah, because their faces are familiar to yeah. you. Yeah, and, you know. and I just ask them what their name is. And then... Fairly soon we were on a hugging basis and, you know, it was just, uh, it was like a, a party with all your friends every week. Right. But I remember thinking about that, that old song from Cheers, you know, you want to be where everybody knows your name. And I think that these smaller concerts, when the, the people come and everybody knows each other's name, like you always introduce people. Tim was saying, oh, we're all on a first-name basis here. <laughs> but that is true. And I still remember one time when we were driving away from one of your concerts, you said, the only people who come to my concerts are my friends. And I said, well, where did you meet these people? Yeah. Well, true. at my concerts. Yeah. It was great to see James Lindsay at the, at the CNP also, and his wife, uh, Maggie, what's her name? So it's great to have... To have a room full of familiar people, it reminds me. I mean, that you know, life going full circle. I, it reminds me of the parties I used to go to with my parents when my dad would haul out his guitar and I'd have my ukulele and my sister to have her guitar and we would sing for this group of people that we everybody knew everybody and you know everybody knew the songs and everybody was singing along and you know, I feel like the older I get, the more I'm in that kind of situation and I just love it that there's a continuity well, to it. That and I, I think of, for example, um, J.W.'s wife, Yvonne. Yvonne yeah. I just really love her, and I don't really see her except at some of these concerts. So it gives you a chance to kind of catch up or talk to people that you really like and you don't get to see all the time. And, uh, you know, in our, in our friendship base, not everybody lives next door to each other. Right. So we have to have these occasions to get together but it's such a a thrill I mean for me it's truly a thrill and I just feel like it's wonderful to to have this as part of our very rich and loving life it's great it's great and it's you know uh talking about the victory music open mic that used to happen on Tuesdays down in Tacoma now it's the ancient victories which happens four times a year on a Thursday night at the antique sandwich company in Tacoma you see all these faces that you've known for 30 years plus, and everybody's kind of got a, a little more whimsical attitude about everything. 
everybody's more comfortable in their own skin. Everybody's a lot, there's no competition anymore. There's no, none of that sense of we're try, all trying to get to the same place and only some of us can get there. So it's kind of like, you know, there's this feeling that it's, you know, that you're on some level, we always felt like we were competing with one another. There just, that, that just isn't there anymore. And it's, I think it's allowed a lot of us to be, to get to know each other on a, on a new and a different and a more full kind of level. And one of the people that I've gotten to know a little bit, and I hope to get to know more, who has kind of been a legend in my life for, since, you know, back in the 80s, is Brian Butler, who is a local luminary in the blues uh, field and has been doing it for as long as I can remember hearing about local music. I've known Brian Butler's name, and it's only been in the last couple of years that I've actually been able to, you know, shake his hand, introduce myself, and and watch him play with just him and his guitar and maybe a har his harmonica and ju he's just a master you watch him he's it's not it's not flawless but it's impeccable because you see his concentration and how f his it's like his whole body is involved in making his music and it's just a pleasure to watch somebody who has really become a master of his craft uh, over a long number of years and you know I don't think it was probably maybe three years ago was the first time I ever saw him play but I had known of him for uh, 30 same plus for years. me because yeah. I actually used to be typing the calendar in the Victory Music right. and he was always playing always and usually playing. Brian Butler in a band yeah it was the yeah. Brian Butler band and Looney he was band. really quite as you say, a local luminary. Right, and he's still at it, and uh, he plays in probably three or four different bands, as well as the Brian Butler Blues Band, which, you know, on one gig it'll be him and these two guys, and on another gig it'll be him and two other guys, but it's the Brian Butler Blues Band, because he's there's this community, this blues community in Seattle and probably in every town uh, that is kind of a microcosm unto itself, and all these players know each other, and there's just all just all kinds of cross pollination going on all the time, um, and it's just a pleasure to watch somebody like that perform. And we're going to feature a couple of Brian Butler tunes today from his most recent recording, which is called Butler's Blues, which he just put out this last year and just recently was awarded the uh, best. Best Blues Recording from the Washington State Blues Society. And uh, it's just amazing. He's just an amazing player. So it, he plays all over the place all the time. So if you look him up, you know, brianbutlerblues.com is his website. And you'll be able to find him playing near you if you're in the Puget Sound area. And you just got to go see him. You just got to go see him. And if you're lucky enough, uh, you'll see him when it's just him and his guitar and his harmonica because that's just where you just get to see it in its most raw and most amazing um, format I think I think when when someone who's that much of a master is playing in a band you don't really get to see as much as if he's playing by himself but it's great with the band too I'm not discounting that but you really see the mastery when it's, when it's just it's kind of like JW the other night just you see just the person, the originator of the music, and it has something 
there's something really luminous about someone like that performing solo. I agree. Um, and it's a it's a it's like a treat. It's like you get to see way farther inside uh, of the music and the process uh, when it's just an intimate encounter. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about or anything? Like nope, I just had a great week. Yeah? It was wonderful. All right, cool. Well, we're going to feature a couple of tunes from Butler's Blues, one called Snow River and then one called Place Pigal which is about a, a bar down in Pioneer Square, or I mean down in uh, Pike Place Market here in Seattle. Brian Butler. They straightened Snow River, stopped her crooked ways. They straightened Snow River, Stopped her crooked ways That wild wandering river She's in chains She used to snake 30 miles From Monroe to the south She used to snake 30 miles From Monroe to the south She's running in a ditch You wouldn't recognize her now Oh, they straightened Snow River Twisted the natural thing They straightened Snow River Twisted the natural thing All over the valley you can hear the hammers ring This time it's gonna be bad The water's on the rise The flood this time it's gonna be bad Snow River taking back a little of what she once had Yeah, they straightened Snow River Stopped her crooked ways they straightened Snow River, stopped her crooked ways. That wild wandering river, she's in chains. That wild wandering river, she's in chains. She's in chains. She's in chains In the heart of the city There's a market on the pike 
A little bar down there really jumps that night. Crowds rough and ready. Blues are played for keeps. And all the rules suspended while the city sleeps at Pig Alley. Place Pig Alley. When night comes, the blues is king. The devil's trying to get a gig at Pig Alley. Place Pig Alley. Now the harmonica blows, sounds like a southbound train. Loaded up with all our pleasure and pain. Singer's got a story He's telling all the room The trouble we got mine It should be leaving soon At Pig Alley Down at Pig Alley When the rain falls The streets they shine Let's go down and drink red wine at Pig Alley. Place Pig Alley. Now, old Jimmy John in his black overcoat, he's out on the dance floor talking to ghosts. Jack Kelly with his hungry grin and his cane. Shown off those dance steps that led to his fame, Pig Alley. Down at Pig Alley. If it's your cup of tea, you'll know in a minute. Next night you're free, you're gonna be right back down in it, Pig Alley. Play. Pig It's the last little bit of shore High tide coming in Laughing at our shoes Last call for alcohol And one more blues At Pig Alley Place Pig Alley When night comes The blues is king I heard the devil got himself a gig down at Pig Alley. Yeah, 